Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shanna and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. What are you excited about school starting? Making new friends. Making new friends. Yeah, what else makes you excited about school? Being my teachers. You want to meet your new teachers? What can I do to help you? Help me not get nervous. Help you not get nervous. Kinsley, what do you do when you feel nervous? Just breathe. Breathe. Good job. And I have another one. What? Ask my teachers to help me to calm down. Oh, so you ask for help. Kinsley, what is something that you do when you feel scared? I get really tight. Tight inside? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think of, like, any way to protect yourself? I think about something that I like, like wolves, and that calms me down. And why do you think of a wolf? What does a wolf do? My spirit animal, and it howls, and it helps me not feel too nervous. Okay. Okay. I, like I think about birds. Do birds bring you happiness? Yep. So what would you do if, if you're at school and somebody is mean to you and not being your nice book? That one's a good one for me. Yeah, what would you do? Um, will you please stop? I would say leave me alone. You're just being a big bully. Welcome. How cute was that? That was Mandy and I's youngest daughters, or you could say little Shanna, little Mandy. We thought it would be fun to get their perspective on going back to school. And also, we have a guest with us today. We have Mandy's sister-in-law, Amber. She is visiting Colorado, and we asked her to come sit in this episode today about back to school. And we're actually going to change that up. We're going to call it back to soul. And actually, this is only part one because there is so much important information. We had to split this up in two different episodes. And we asked Amber to come and, and sit with us because she has a lot of insight as well that she wants to share. She is a mother as well, and her child is about ready to start school. So, hi. <laughs> and Amber is also a student. Where are you a student at? Uh, University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. And what are you in school for? Um, organizational dynamics, and I'm in a cohort for occupational consulting and executive coaching. That is so awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and the coaching part is, I've learned a lot through that, too. And it doesn't matter how old you are to continue to educate yourself and to go after what you truly believe in. Sure, yeah. I mean, we have individuals in my cohort that are in their mid to late 20s and some that are in their late 50s. Right. That's I love I love to take classes. It's yeah. so fun it's to be like fun. Yeah, your brain just wants to continue yeah. to learn. Yeah. It fits right into what we're gonna talk about today. Also back to school, back to soul. Do you have any concerns or is there anything like what are you feeling within yourself and your body right now, knowing that soon you'll be going back to school? I just have so much excitement. I consider myself a forever student. Isn't it funny how we're more excited as adults to oh, go yeah. to school than we were when what we were was older? Yeah, like what did you feel like as a child? I hated it because I have a learning disability and didn't know how to use that within my studies. I didn't know ways to work with it. Um, instead, I kept it was in the forefront. Like I have a disability. I can't do this. I stink. I can't do this. Uh, and so I labeled myself as a bad student mm-hmm. and I compared myself to other students. Well, they didn't have to study four hours for this test and I did and I got a C and they got an A. Yeah, so I'm done. I'm yeah. yeah. Whereas now as an adult, um, I, I just handle it completely. Well, and not only that, 
you start to figure out as an adult what you are passionate about. And right. when you are passionate about what you're learning, you're excited right. to yeah. learn it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it, you're able to absorb that information because right. you want to. Right. And that's why I enjoy my yeah. master's far better than my undergrad. Because my undergrad was still, I had to do what they had to take the classes they told me to take. Yeah. It's amazing how people think at 18, people should already know that. Yeah. That causes anxiety. Yeah, because they end up switching their majors. Mm -hmm. It feels a lot of pressure. When we were just talking, I took myself back to school and, like, I was getting ready to go back. And I remember I was really, I I was stuck in a lot of um, self-doubt and and a lot of ego. I was very worried about what other people thought about me. I was worried about how I looked. I was worried about fitting in. And I was actually more worried about the friend and social side of it than I was the schooling. The, The schooling came pretty natural and easy to me. My parents didn't put a lot of pressure on me, but I definitely felt a lot of pressure with sports and social life. Well, and it's funny because you ask all four of my children that each one of them had different concerns and that they were nervous about so let me ask you as a mom then like what are your concerns for your children going back to school well i have one who is special needs so i have concerns you know on a a different level with him than i did with with the other kids but my concerns going back to school how how the shit are we gonna wake up that early (laughs) get everything together that's my main concern oh my god and I hope I'm on time to pick them up. I mean, seriously, that's my concern. As long as they are happy and yeah. they're doing their best and they're kind and they're taking care of themselves, protecting themselves. So I'm, as a parent for me, of course, I dread that long drop-off line in school that no matter what these schools do, they always somehow are very unorganized and you have people honking and flipping each other off. Uh, yes. But um, I've actually trained my children that I don't get out of bed until the coffee's made. So they go down and make me coffee and then wake me up with coffee. So then I can actually get my ass out of bed. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I am not a morning person. Okay, so <laughs> Ethan has such concerns because he is autistic, and yeah. so part of his having the same things done the same way every single day. Mm, that... He goes to school an hour early, so he's not late. Mm-hmm. He has the option of a bus picking him up at our doorstep, but that is not okay. The first day the bus was late and it caused him to be late. I have to go early to bring him. That stresses me out because I know that if I'm not prepared for him, then that's going to affect Spiral him. Spiral him yeah. into And that's going to affect upset. his entire day. Yeah. You know, we're starting Ooh, in the That morning. is a lot. Of- we um, all had made an agreement. We don't speak in the morning. We end up saying things we regretted because we were tired. <laughs> we were, we just end up fighting in the morning. So we just decided... You know, that's really good awareness and a great solution. I remember Connor is not a morning person, so he's very quiet. He comes in, he makes his breakfast, he doesn't want to be talked to. And I would take that personally, and I realized, no, that's that's him, and I needed to accept him right there where he's at. I'm a morning person. I'm really happy in the morning. They hate me in the morning. (laughs) I'm like, good morning, everybody. It's time for breakfast. I'll never forget the one morning, though. So my daughter is, okay, I don't want to be late. I got to go. And my son, her older brother, was like, not ready yet. We don't have to be there that early. And she's like, yes, we do. Well, guess what? She leaves him. So here I am driving behind her to their school. I remember this. I have to now be in traffic. So here I am driving behind her thinking, I swear to God, this is, I, this is some bullshit. Yes, he learned. And how did you address that with your daughter? So I just let them and figure that out for themselves. That did not happen again. Because she taught him 
I'm serious. When I want to go, if I'm your ride, I'm leaving. And if you don't, then whatever. You know, she put down that boundary. She's like that. She's very strong. I don't know where she got that from, but she, she's not to be messed with. And when she says something, she does it. Yeah, she and it. he learned that that morning. How about you, Amber? What are your concerns as a parent? Like, what stresses you out about back to school, and what do you what stresses you out about Leia going back to school? Absolutely nothing. Really? Oh yeah. Huh. That is rad. Yeah. Leia and I have an amazing school relationship. So I wake up at four in the morning. I work out, um, go work out, and then I come back to the house and wake her up. And, okay. um, but it's just the super gentle wake up, like, Hey Leia, just so you know, it's this time. And she regulates herself. She's yeah. so she'll get up, get herself ready and she'll be out the door. And sometimes she'll leave without even saying goodbye. She's just so fiercely independent. Like, I make sure her needs are met and how she wants to be met. Okay. Uh, and how do you know her needs? Have you like authentically sat down and asked her what they are? Or do you just know, or does she communicate and express them? All of the above. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then same thing after school. She had a challenge in a subject this past year that kind of knocked our family on our asses. My answer when I was a kid and I faced the same challenge was go in your room, read the book until you figure it out and figure it out. And don't come out until you have it figured out, period. Don't think about dinner. Don't think about anything until you figure it out. And that's your problem. You're the student. And it has fucked me so hard. Like, I have so many scars from that and amongst a trillion other things. So I view their parenting as I need to meet them wherever they're at. And that has, like I said, just ruined me. Been in EMDR for over two years because of it. In therapy over 15 years because so of it. So basically what you're saying is with your parenting now some of the issues from being a child are now... Well, it has taught me what not yeah. to do right. in the best way possible. So now I meet Leia wherever she needs to be met. So I said, how can we help you succeed? Mm -hmm. So we get... So she goes to tutoring, and we have mm -hmm. tutoring out of home, tutoring in home. I fought for her to get more test time, so she has an oh. infinite amount of time to take her test. Oh, I fought for this, you I fought for that. For so absolutely. So I believed what she was telling me was right. real and genuine, and then I will go hard for her all day, right. every day. That's awesome. Um, you know? But you had to break through those conditions from what you thought you knew yeah. was right. And you well, broke... I knew it wasn't right, right. but you, I just you... didn't want to take that one more generation. You know, that was probably a huge wake-up call for me was when I realized that I was not able to sit down with my children and help them with their homework. It caused friction. It caused the listening issues. Well, and it's, it's even taught different now. Oh, I mean, they yeah. send home, you know, information yeah. for the parents. My kid's school has a parental class once a week come in and learn how to do this yeah, math. Because, I'm whoa. like, yeah, yeah. You. <laughs> I know. I think that that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Insane. it's insane. So I had to let go of that control and let go of being like this authority figure and realize, you know what, it's not my place and this this isn't working. And stepping out and realizing that it was okay. Yeah. And then I would have uh, Kurt's mom come in because yes. she's good with math. I used to bring, bring my daughter. So when she was in middle school, she was struggling. I had a friend who had a teenage daughter. She, I would pay her like once a week and she'd be thrilled. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I had no stress. Yeah. I'm like, yay, yeah. you like this? This is yep. wonderful. I don't have to deal with this shit because I don't even understand it. Right. Yeah. 
So Shanna, another thing that I know you can relate to is you pop out of bed, you have on your sweatpants and your shirt on backwards. We're usually braless and I'm running in to drop my little one off at church at school and I see these moms so put together, their hair's done. I'm like, what time did you wake up? Oh, you want and me to tell my Why story, do you, you look so amazing? And I used to compare myself and be like, am I failing? Am I a bad mom? Because I'm like rolling up here barely with one eye open sand in my eyeball freaking Wait. hair looking crazy. No, Mandy, <laughs> do you remember? This was the funniest shit. So... So my oldest and youngest were 15 years apart. And then my last two are, I think they're like five or six years apart. What is it? Ethan and Kinsley. Anyways, so I haven't been around like preschoolers and stuff like this in a long time. Well, I show up to preschool, like three-year-old preschool with Kinsley. And I'm in like my Uggs with like some sweatshorts. My hair is all crazy. No bra, like Mandy said. And I'm looking around. <laughs> all these freaking people work out every morning. <laughs> And like, yeah, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, I'm like, wait, I started to feel guilty. And I was like the only one who's like not in workout clothes. So girl, I got online, I bought me some fake workout clothes. And I was like, I'm gonna fake this. I forget. No way these women are working out every morning. There's no way. Believe me, girl, there's no way some of those women were working out. And I, so I bought me some fake workout clothes. It was the first time I ever had shoes in like years. I was like, yep, I got And I would also like to add that there was a infamous picture of Shanna um, floating around social media. Oh. Of um, her daughter caught her with two different shoes on, like taking them to school. No, it wasn't just two different (laughs) shoes. It was two different boots and they were different colors and height. Nice. Now, how the hell does someone do that? I don't know, but I saw a quote once, and it said, no one knows the real you like the closest gas station to your house. I know. I love that. <laughs> well, the first, no, it was the second day of school last year. Wait, we're already running late. You know, second day of school, Ethan's freaking out, and the dog gets out. Shit. So I'm running up the street, no bra, panicked. The bus comes by. He's like, do you need help today? I'm like, yes. Second day, right? Ethan's already like, I'm not going on that bus. It makes me late. And like, get on the bus. You know, I'm screaming from down the street, chasing my dog. Kensley's crying. Is Rascal running away? (laughs) And so Ethan, thank God, got on that bus. So I have to bring Kensley into school because she's first grade still. So, So the first few weeks, they want you to bring him up to the door. So I get home and I look at myself. I had two pairs of sunglasses on, one on my head, one on my eyes, no bra, just completely crazy. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna breathe now. I'm glad everyone's gone. I lost myself, I'm gonna meditate. I'm gonna change this day. And I did, and I can only look back and laugh. But yeah, yeah, the first few weeks of school tend to be very challenging, even exciting, but Definitely exciting and definitely challenging. Um, I'd like to add a, a disclaimer, and the disclaimer is that Shanna and I, and I'm assuming maybe Amber, but I don't want to make an assumption, are really freaking guilty for all the shit we're about to talk about. We've done all of these things. We are not perfect parents. We are learning to implement them right now into our families. It isn't something that you just learn. It's something that you have to keep practicing. Every kid is different, so what, and every parent is different. So what works for us may not work for you, but these are the suggestions that Mandy and I came up with to help you maybe 
get through this year, get through this week, this day. And this isn't just for parents and kids. This is for anybody. Yeah, this this will apply to all relationships, marriages, uh, with your boss, teachers, coaches. So with school starting, and like we were just talking about, we need to almost mentally prepare for all of the challenges and stresses that are going to be coming for both parents and children with the return of homework, activities, events, and readjusting our schedules to meet the needs of the school day. And also the fact that we have all of these standards of life and conditions that the world has put on us. You know, we're trying to have a great life and the great body and the perfect family, the perfect kids, successful career and house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's exhausting. And now we even can share all of our accomplishments on social media. And I'll admit that I can't wait to see the kids' first day of school pictures. I love that. I'm like, oh my gosh, they've gotten so big, you know? I think there are great things about social media. And that one is fun, I think, because I love to see people's first day of school pics. So you're talking more about, like, the Facebook fabulous, where you scroll and everything. We're trying to always keep up and have this perfect little life. As young kids, we didn't care about what the world wanted us to be. We didn't care about status and titles. We were just free. We just wanted to be outside in nature, running around and playing with our friends. Our choices were like, is it the swing or the slide, you know? You mean when you're like really young? Yeah, young kids. Before you're six or seven, because once you hit six or seven, the ego starts to pop in. Kids are actually even showing signs of this much earlier. And this is because they are watching and learning and experiencing this in their environment. We've talked a lot about the ego and the soul. We've talked a lot about awareness. Mm -hmm. So awareness is being present. When I had gone through my awakening, learning to be present was the hugest shift that I had. This awareness of my body, mind, and soul. This actually is much easier for younger children because, like we said in our past episode, you go look at children at the park. They're just playing. They don't have all of the negative brain chatter that we do. Being present is using all of your senses. When you are present, you are feeling, seeing, hearing. You're sensing how your body feels when you're happy. Mm -hmm. You're sensing how your body feels when you're sad and when you're mad. Your body is going to have an experience. So identifying this experience and becoming present, this is actually called mindfulness. So this is hard to teach your children, though, if you don't understand this yourself. So let's experience presence right now. So let's just take a few seconds, no matter where you are, take a few deep breaths. Breathing in deeply. Try not to describe the moment. That's thoughts. Right now we're not thinking. We're just being. We're just focusing on our breath. You're just experiencing this present moment. Now... I want you to bring your awareness to the you that is now aware. This is your higher consciousness. So be aware of who is in this experience. Now notice that in this state, you didn't need anything. You had no worries who the world wanted to be. 
or thinking about what you're going to say next. This is mindfulness and it is called a practice because it does take practice. But let me tell you, breathing is where it starts. The breathing helps you pause. This is my go-to. The minute that you take that first intentional breath, you have arrived to the present moment. Mindfulness will help you become aware of what is going on within you, your body, helps you become aware of the brain chatter, also helps you become aware of the emotions that you're experiencing. Then this gives you control now how you're going to react to your emotions. So not just for emotions, but also think about I experience, I'm experiencing pain right now. Well, good. Now you can investigate what to do with that pain. Mm-hmm. You experience sadness. Well, what do I do with the sadness? Where is it coming from? But you have to give yourself space to become aware. And then you choose to react and process now. So this also can lead to having patience. That was a huge lesson that I had to learn was to pause. It can lead to self-compassion for yourself. It can lead to identify what am I, I'm thinking, is this even mine? Can I control this? If you can't, then it's not yours. Instead of thinking what you're going to say next, you're listening and you're maybe seeing things from a different place. You are present with them. You may even find compassion for someone that you may have not when you were not present. It's really good for all relationships. I found that when I pause and I stop and I'm present in the emotion I'm feeling, it helps me to disconnect from my ego so then I have awareness that I'm about to say something from ego and not from soul. Right. So you're making those conscious choices. Now this is a healthy, process, mindful interaction with yourself. This is huge. You are internalizing and experiencing. Now it's hard to do this every moment when you're driving around with kids 24 hours a day. But I will give you an example that I do now that I implemented because of awareness. Every time I pick up my daughter from school... Instead of being on my phone the whole ride home, I make a conscious decision to always just put the phone down, even if it's only three minutes to get home. During that time, if she's got anything to tell me, I'm going to be present to it. Instead of, I know there were times where I'd be on my phone. Well, can you just give me a second, Kinsley? Tell me in a second I'm on the phone. No, no. Make a conscious decision for that three minutes. She's been in school for eight hours that you give her a least that on the way home. Yeah, I just read an article that said that those first few minutes you pick your child up from school are some of the most important minutes to those children. I feel like an unpaid Uber driver. So you're in the car <laughs> from one checkpoint to the next one, it's like you're in a game show. We're teaching our children that life is just going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and, and not having any connection during it, just, just going through the motions of life. Instead of being present and having the experiences. Yeah, I changed that whole experience from just going from school to the next destination to that being my time to hear what she had to say. And to connect with her. Yeah. You know what's interesting? My kiddo, she she's a deep thinker. So when I ask my kiddo about their day, they'll say it was fine. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I get that answer a lot. You know, I had read a article that said a a way to communicate with your child through a narrative 
And I learned a lot through this article and, and looked into it then. And when my kiddo was younger, the narrative would be, if a spaceship would come to your school and beam one kid up for that day, so where you wouldn't have to see them or talk to them for that day, who would it be? Wow, I like that. And then that way my kiddo could then, through that narrative, identify whom they didn't like. Right, I got that. Whoa, so then that they cool. could say, I want person XYZ to be beamed up in the spaceship so I never see them again. Well, why did you pick that person? Da, 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 da. Then it becomes a narrative mm -hmm. versus a grilling Q&A. And that's wonderful. I love that. Me yeah, too. it was really Because if they would have said a teacher, then you would immediately know there's an issue with that there's teacher. an issue with the teacher yeah. or you, you, and it doesn't even have to be like a negative you could use any narrative oh yeah so that's that's a negative but then there are also positive narratives and now that like, my kid is older mm -hmm. and too cool for school i have to come up with even yeah. more you know super yes. spidey secret narratives right. and I'm so to get what about this because they also do that about emotions like how are you feeling good mm -hmm. you are uh, giving them automatic questions they're going to come right back at you and give you automatic answers. Yeah. And then you turn into the fine family. Right. Yeah. How are you? Fine. How's this? Fine. Right. How's that? Fine. Right. And I, if I want that quality narrative dialogue with my kiddo, I need to make quality narrative time with yeah. my kiddo. Yeah. Right. So that can be pulling socks, um, dicing up the tomatoes for dinner. Yeah. It could be whatever we turn it into. Yeah. But to see and if you're not being present those automatic answers is what you're going to get. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, even if I use like the dicing tomatoes example, cooking, like do any of your friends like cooking? Um, do you, would you want to invite anybody over to help you? Like, let's, let's do like a pizza dinner. Who would you want to invite over? Oh, I want to invite so-and-so, but not so-and-so. Well, right. why would you want to invite them? And why wouldn't you want to invite mm -hmm. them? And through this narrative that you're it's organic, but not organic, right? It's like this structured organic conversation. I'm learning more about her social life and what yeah. she likes and what she doesn't like and who's who's this and who's that. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really it's Wow. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. See, Amber, I am so glad you came in here. <laughs> <doing that. laughs> Seriously. Can I go back for one moment and yeah. challenge you both on the presentness uh -huh. yeah. and the mindfulness? Mm -hmm. So I, I know that the common notion of mindfulness and presentness mm -hmm. is commonly associated with stillness mm -hmm. and stillness tends to be uncomfortable for me okay well then let me tell you i wash my dishes and i can't help but from having mindfulness because yes. as i am feeling the water where did this water come from even when i'm brushing my teeth so when you're walking Mm -hmm. You're being mindful. So it's not always stillness. Right. No. Yeah. It's not always. I think that a lot of people get turned off from mm -hmm. this kind of knowledge. Right. Because. They think it's meditation. It's the it's generic not. blanket statement that mindfulness means stillness. Right. When I get my most mindfulness and peace mm -hmm. from CrossFit. Yes. Or I do from, from sewing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do from cooking. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's really important that yes. it's using all of your senses. Yes. Yes. It's yes. the whole entire experience going on within your body, no matter what right. you're doing. So people are like, I'm just not good at it. And well, then you just got to be like, no, baby girl, you just have been yeah. told wrong. Call it whatever. Don't call it anything. Just have it be a part of your life that yeah. we identify what we're experiencing in, in every moment. Absolutely. Paying more attention to self 
instead of everything and everyone outside of you. Yeah. Yeah. I tended to always look outward and watch what other people were doing or how their hands were moving or what they, you know, what they were doing in that moment with the dishes or how they were interacting with their child instead of bringing the focus back within on myself and concentrating more on me. I just had a thought like when I, when you go and you buy your kids clothes for school, Kensley, I think she was like four when I'd buy her all these cute clothes. I'd spend a fortune. She didn't want to wear them. So ego sets in a little bit. Oh, you look so cute in this. But the thing is, is that she really cared about comfort. Mm-hmm. She really didn't want to wear itchy jeans. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to. She wanted to only wear leggings. And I was like, okay, you know, but yeah. this is so cute. But no, she yeah. didn't want that. She cared more about the way she was feeling in her body. That was an opportunity for me to say, yes, you know, yes, you're experiencing what you like and based on what makes you feel that is being mindful she was being mindful we often as parents can shut that down so quickly right yes we could shut that down right now yeah i know they are comfortable but this is really cute Mm -hmm. allow them to allow it and and respect it it's a perfect Mm -hmm. example of them feeling something within their body connecting to it you know what's so funny about that is how rompers have come back in Mm -hmm. and i am always like hey kiddo this is so cute like you would be so cute my kiddo's like do you know how long it would take me to go pee if i had to get (laughs) undressed sloan sloan will not wear it okay well i have a funny story so Lindsay was going on like a date with this boy and she was like what should i wear what i was like oh maybe you should wear that romper no (laughs) oh my god but it's just an example of how kids actually show these mindful examples to us and if we're not aware to you mean we can actually learn things from our children (laughs) yeah actually i was gonna add in i this came to me this morning that being present is the best present you can give yourself and another oh, person. So true. And yeah. I have to remind myself of that yeah. all the time. Right. You should and call Home Goods and have them put that on some shit. And <laughs> I love that. Like, I feel 50% royalty. We will do that. <laughs> Kensley calls it merch. Okay, my son merch. Oh, calls yeah, it yeah. merch. Yeah. What's that? I know, right? Is that an herb that I can burn to get negative? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Merch is that like when a man slowly walks into church? I don't know. <laughs> but okay, so here's the thing: you had talked to Amber about self-regulation because I was reading self-regulation is like one of the most important life skills that we can have, but it's not fully developed in our brain until we're thirty. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Well, I think probably even later for me. Yeah, me too. Like Thirty-six. Think, well, and I think it has to do with your environment. I mean, mm-hmm. I know for me. Uh, pretty much everything was control- very controlled around me, but I ended up in controlling relationships because I just needed to have that comfort of c- people controlling mm-hmm. everything because I didn't know how to self-regulate. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't even taught to me. But I think it could also be opposite, too. You can decide, oh, I haven't had control my whole life, so I'm going to con- control everything around me and in my life and everybody, you know, so I think it could go either way mm-hmm. with that. But self-control, huge. Huge you know, learning how to make your own choices and decisions and planning out your own things mm-hmm. and, and parents deciding that, you know what, okay, giving up a little authority and allowing them and trusting them mm-hmm. to make their own the mistakes. Yes. I mean, let them figure it out. Yes. And then when they fuck up, guess what? It's not your fault, parent, because they've learned 
to do it. And right. now they're going to have to take responsibility right. on how to fix it. Right. But so, maybe as you were saying, how, how you were talking about with the whole homework help and whatnot, like there's all of these you should be. Mm-hmm. You should be, you should be, you should right. be, you should be. You yeah. should be able to sit down with your family and, and mm-hmm. your kiddos and do their homework. You should be presentable when you go drop your kid off. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just so fucked up. Yeah. And when I got self-love, I was able to, to know, like, I don't have to live to, up to those should be's. Yeah. Because I love myself and I live right where I'm at. And I trust myself. So therefore, I am going to roll up in there in my sweatpants. I don't give a shit. And I'm going to go home and hire in a tutor to sit with my kid because it's uh, causing more stress on me. And I have self-love and Mm self-awareness. So I'm going to step away and let someone else come in because me and my child are fire on fire. Right. And for a child, they Mm -hmm. need to be able to see that too and say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm okay with asking for help. If I need it, but I give them the That's chance right. to do it though. So Don't like just Jeff, do it for them. Like Jeff said in our last episode, which led us to this. He said, instead of always giving them the solutions mm-hmm. and your two cents, let them walk yeah. through it. Yeah, let them figure it out. Let or them Or just like ancestral healing, your cousin. She let she didn't just give you all these answers. Right. She let you walk through and it. oh wait, more importantly, let them earn their things. Maybe they'll appreciate them more. Yeah. Let them learn patience and mm-hmm. and how to, you know, um, instead of just giving them everything, let them earn it. Let mm-hmm. them find out that you know what I worked really hard for this. That's mm-hmm. rewarding. Yeah. These are these aren't. Oh my God. It's horrible that you're making your child wait a whole year for this. No, you're teaching them like life skills that they're going to appreciate so much. Mm-hmm. You're not being an asshole. Right. You're actually really, you're really helping them. helping them learn life skills that are so important. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is that you can't always try to protect your kids. That's I right. mean, and we're doing them a disservice yeah. when we do. Mm-hmm. So true. They're not learning how to fall and get back up. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like our society, um, condemns moms that's let their kids fall oh she's being a bad mom i mean connor called me from washington state he was there on a full ride scholarship and he told me mom my there's something inside of me in my gut that's telling me i have to go and that i this isn't where i need to be and i had to let him take that experience and learn for himself i didn't throw finances in his face i didn't make the decision for him I let him walk himself through it, trust his intuition. I taught him to trust his intuition, and I let it be his journey and his experience. Yeah, I, I remember that, and I remember you really worried because it's a, you know, these are big decisions as they get older. You let him make his own, and I think that, you know, it's going to benefit him not just today, but forever. And I knew he was falling. I knew he was falling for months. I could hear it in his voice on the phone and and he was staying open with me but when I say he was falling he was he was he was coming down into this dark place where, well and someone just killed themselves yes. at that school and I wanted to jump on a plane and go save him yeah but I knew yeah. that this was going to help him and of course he wasn't like suicidal or anything you know right. but he was just in a place of a really tough decision but kids could in their heads so i was present and i opened the communication and i was there but i just knew like i if i tell him no you have to stay there i'm doing him a disservice like i'll probably make this worse you showed him unconditional love like i'm gonna love you no matter what your decision is and i trust you absolutely trust you make your own decisions 
mm-hmm. and also face the consequences if they don't end up being the right decision. I didn't, exactly. And I didn't grab his hand and make him go down the journey I wanted him to go down. I didn't tell him all my million life experiences. I just sat there and supported him and was just present. And not everyone's going to agree with our, with anyone's choices, not with your kids. Sure. Not, I mean, even if you don't agree with, I mean, they're, Mandy maybe not have 100% agreed with that, but she allowed him mm-hmm. to self-regulate. Self-regulate for himself. That's a gift. That was yeah. a huge That's a learning gift experience. you give to your children. I'm just thinking of um, listeners who might be in circumstances where hypothetically they could be in, in that position mm-hmm. and you know, they would not be supportive. Well, guess what? I was that person. I'll, I'll share with you yeah. my story then. So my son, who at three years old, my dad forged his birth certificate so he could play baseball at five. Drew, before he was born, was going to be a baseball player. Everyone in the family was. He was going to, too. And don't get me wrong. He wanted to. In fact, uh, he couldn't even stop this kid. And he was living up to everyone's dreams. He was good. This was what he wanted to do. And he had every opportunity, and we spent all of our summers, all of our time, his siblings spent every summer in dugouts and watching and cheering. His junior summer, he's like, you know, I'll play, but I'm only playing for you and for for Papa Mike. I said, well, good, because you know what? We have spent our entire lives supporting you, supporting him. This is a kid who came into this world already a baseball player. And we're going to now support his dreams, right? Yeah. So guess what? The reason, one of the reasons why he couldn't play anymore is because he was in pain. And I thought at first when he said it just hurt so bad. I mean, the kid had been in PT since he was 12 because he had played so much ball his entire life that at 12 years old, he had instability of his shoulder. But now as a senior, going into his senior year, he had so many things wrong with his shoulder. He could no longer play ball. His senior year and his team won state that year. When he no longer had a team cheering him on, he had no idea who he was. He looked to me like, cheer me on, coach me. Where do I go? What's my next move? What do I do? And I was just like, holy shit, what have I done? He has to discover who he is. Hijacked his soul. And before deci- he was even born. And decided who he was going to be before he, he was had born. all these other gifts. He has all kinds of talents and passions. So how many moms are out there that your story, this, you know, we, we cried over this the other day. I went home and looked at Connor's baby book. Guess what I put in there? Football player. Same thing. Before our children are even born. Before they even take their first breath. We decide and have expectations of what we want them to be. I mean, not everyone does, but you know what? I did. And I am here to admit this. Okay, this is a common thing, I think, with a lot of people where this generation, my son's generation, graduates and they don't know what to do. Well, guess what? Probably because from the minute they were born, you were trying to live your dreams through them. And it was it didn't ever come from a bad place. I wanted him to have all the opportunities and be happy and active and that the more that we are busy and active, the less trouble they can get into and all these things. And so my parenting now is a lot different. So Trina was struggling with volleyball, if she wanted to stick with it or not. We've always had this rule that we want them to be involved in something. Just something. So we told her, if you want to quit volleyball, that is that's fine, but you have to find something that will it, it, like ignite your soul and fire you up that you'll love. We don't care what it is. 
because in my household, we want her off her phone. We want her out in the world. We want her away from that one little tiny clique of friends. We want her to go experience more life. That's our intentions. You have to check your intentions okay. with it. Now with Sloan, I ask her, what do you want to do? And then I give her this wide, very long list of right. things choices. or of choices. And let her of, choose them. And let her choose. That's allowing her soul to have its own journey yeah. instead of me picking right. the path. And trying out new things is wonderful. I mean, I think we, we should give our children the opportunity to try all kinds of things, things that we may not even be familiar with. These teenagers cry about the pressure that they have on them to be the best of the best and to go to college and get these scholarships in their sports and to do these things that they don't want to do. And that becomes their their life. I mean, Drew didn't know anything other than that. He had went through his life being directed, having a team behind him, have being coached. And this is a whole nother episode, but that's why a lot of professional athletes, when they retire, have addiction issues and depression. Right. Oh, but there's, there's all great things about it. But I mean, when it's gone, they're left with what? And then they don't know who they are. And so you as parents need to give them the space to be able to find that. So there were so many times where I thought, all right, I'm just going to fix this for him. We're going to get him back on track. That's just ridiculous. You cannot do that. I cannot make his life. Thank God I didn't force life on him. Thank God I decided to give him the space to be able to figure it out for himself. To discover his own soul, his own purpose. Mm -hmm. Creating that space, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, my daughter, her freshman year in college, she changed her major, mm -hmm. you know, and she almost didn't because of me. I mean, I've had girls trembling, physically trembling mm. on their way home to tell their parents that they wanted to stop participating in something their parents were forcing on them. They were physically ill. They were having anxiety. They were shaking. They were losing sleep. When who made up the rule that we have to have it all figured out by 18? Mm -hmm. Our brains. That right? is such bullshit. I didn't know shit by the time I was 18. We have to have it all figured out by the time we're 18. That's a lot of fucking pressure. <laughs> You, the shit people said to me, I just didn't know who I was. Right. I didn't know what I was, who I was, Where what going? am I supposed to be, what am I going, what am I doing, what is my purpose? What do I believe in? And I even have all the answers to who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be it. No, and we just need to accept that we don't and right. just kind of flow. And go well, and I think as parents, we need to recognize it when maybe ourselves or someone is going through this identity crisis and allowing space for them to figure it out on their own without us all implementing and vomiting our solutions on them. Right, exactly. So today we have talked a lot about being present with our children. We've talked how to self-regulate. But we have so much more to talk about. Amber, thanks so much for bringing your wisdom to the table today. So appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Amber. Thank you for having we're me. We're so bummed you won't be here for part two. Right, where we're going to be talking about acceptance, connection, communication, and stress management. So all of those topics we will get to on our next episode. This week, instead of BTSD or a quote that we love, we thought we would just leave you with this. Can I ask you one more question? Yeah. For me and one for kids wake up. We really want to play. Is, is it okay to feel and like mad and cry? Is that okay? Yeah, because you need to let it out. 
Yeah. It's okay to be mad. Um, I just think about God and joy to everyone. That one's a good one. Thank you guys for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it. Come back next week for part two. Yeah, and if you have any questions or have any comments, please feel free to submit those questions to our Facebook or you can leave a comment or review and we'd be happy to address that in our next episode. Thank you for joining. Shannon and I rise to lift you all up and we can't wait to finish this next week. Thanks for listening.